your Bible, turn with me to 2 Timothy, if you will, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and uh, tonight I'm going to be preaching a message, another generation of faithful men and women, Uh, another generation of faithful men and women, and by the way, we need another generation of faithful men and women. There were years ago, I went out to the naval base, began to bring uh, men uh, to church and started a class, David's Mighty Men. And then I realized soon that there were also women that were getting saved and they started. So we changed the name from David's Mighty Men to David's Mighty Men and Women, uh, the class. And praise God, it was a wonderful, wonderful class. But we have had a generation. We've had generations of generations of generations of men and women living for God, serving God, loving the Bible, loving souls, praying to the King of kings and Lord of lords, gathering together, together in churches, suffering persecution, but living for God. And then another generation comes up, uh, ones that used to be young, but they begin to grow a little bit older and they make a decision to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, to tell people about Jesus, to read the Bible, to live for God. And then another generation comes up and boy, that generation from generation, from faith to faith. And boy, I I think about it. I'm thankful for uh, the next generation. I'm thankful for, and Brother Chris Faulkner is not that young, but I'm thankful for Brother Chris Faulkner living for God. I'm thankful for him being over in Sardinia, winning souls to Christ, uh, teaching the word of God and preaching the word of God and making a difference on the island of Sardinia. He is, like this morning, a a Levi who heard the call, follow me, and Brother Bud, he went and followed the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for the other preacher. I'm thankful for Pastor Cattell's over in Portsmouth. Uh, Portsmouth, Craddock will never be the same after the Anchor Baptist Church uh, was started over there, winning souls to Christ, baptizing people, and praise God for that wonderful church. Uh, Pastor William Whitehouse is a unique individual. He loves God's winning souls, uh, baptisms lately, souls being saved, and people that he led to Christ are now on the mission field, and uh, mission field, the mission field of Hampton, Virginia, w- uh, trying to win souls to Christ. I'm thankful for Jonathan Nettesheim. What a, a revival they had last week and uh, 84 in attendance, people being baptized, people walking in the aisle, uh, trusting Christ as their savior. I'm thankful for Pastor Andrew Logue. He's about my age, so he's not necessarily part of the next generation. He's the same generation as me, but man, uh, texted me 70 souls this week, prayed, one, one to Christ. That, that's fantastic. That's a blessing. Uh, We need another generation of faithful men and women. Second Timothy, the Apostle Paul's writing to young Timothy, giving him instruction. And if you were to look into the Bible, we find Timothy first mentioned in Acts chapter number 16. He's on his second missionary journey with Silas. They go through uh, Lystra and Derbe. And there's a disciple, a man named Timotheus, who had gotten gloriously saved. And he joins the, the group there. He joins Silas, joins Paul. They go to Troas, hear the Macedonian call. And next thing you know, the rest of the book of Acts, you hear about Timothy. Timothy's right there uh, as a faithful man, winning people to Christ and part of these church plants and living for God. 
And we'll get into it a little bit earlier, but you, you hear Timothy mentioned in Romans, in 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians. You hear in the 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Philemon, the book of Hebrews. You, and then you have two books, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Timothy truly was a man of God. Now, we're about to read this. I'm excited. I'm excited about serving the Lord. I'm excited about church tonight. In my opinion, it does not get any better than going to church. Uh, not only, I, I get to hear the preaching of God's word, I get to preach. But I, I loved it when I was, before I was a preacher, uh, sitting in the pews and hearing the preaching of God's word. It's glorious. It's wonderful. I love this morning, souls being saved and baptized. It does not get any better than that, this side of eternity. A generation of faithful men and women. There has been in the past. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter number one, he, he said, uh, talked about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And immediately he says, hey, it can't stop here with Paul. There needs to be another generation that has that faith. There needs to be another generation that lives for God. Another generation that stands firm on the word of God. Another generation that loves the preaching of God's word. Another generation where there are men that are raised up to be pastors that preach the word. Another generation that goes out and tells others about Jesus Christ. Another generation of men and women. Now we're going to read 2 Timothy chapter number 2, the first four verses. If you can, stand in honor of God's word. I know I started in fifth gear. We're going to go back to second gear. And then I'm going to go back up to fifth gear by the end of the message. But understand the, the title is, once again, Another Generation of Faithful Men and Women Let's read these four verses all together in unison, starting in verse number one. Ready? Thou therefore, my son, strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Woo! Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, now, Timothy, you, you know me. You know the battlefield that we've been on, the souls that we've seen saved, the churches that we've started. You've been there. You've been a part of it. You have gone out and, and done your part. But there needs to be another generation, not just you, Timothy, there needs to be another generation after you that are faithful, that you can invest in, that can go out and reach people with the, co uh, the cause of Christ. And there's going to be some battles. You need to endure hardness as a good soldier. You need to not be entangled with the affairs of this life, that you may live a life that pleases him. And what, was, what was he saying? He was saying there needs to be another generation of faithful men and women, before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we love you. It's a good night. God, you gave us 2 Timothy. And uh, you gave it to Timothy, yes, but in reality, you gave it to us here at Chesapeake Baptist 2,000 years later. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the faithful men and women of the past that have endured hardness, that have been faithful, 
that have been steadfast, that not only saw the need for their generation to do something for God, but they saw the need to commit thou to faithful men who are going to make a difference in the future. And I pray that you help us at Chesapeake Baptist be thankful for what's happened in the past, be thankful for what's going on now, but I pray for some young men and women, even boys and girls who stand up and say, I'm gonna be a part of that next generation of serving you, God. And Lord, I pray that you help us tonight. We need you tonight and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another generation of faithful men and women. I love studying the Bible. You love studying the Bible. But you, you look at Timothy. You, you begin to open up and look at the, the Bible. And Timothy's also known as Timotheus or Timothy. And you look that up in the Bible and you find Acts chapter number 16. And you find Timothy joining the bandwagon of the Apostle Paul. He was a disciple. He began to go to Philippi. And then you find him in Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 19. And you find him really throughout the rest of the book of Acts. And Timothy was a huge part of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. You, you find Timothy in the book of Romans chapter 16, verse 21. Tim, Timotheus, my work fellow. First Corinthians chapter four. I sent unto you Timotheus, second Corinthians chapter one. Uh, Jesus Christ who is preached among you by us even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus. Philippi, uh, Philippians chapter number one, uh, verse number one, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ. Uh, Colossians chapter one, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother. Second, First Thessalonians, and you can go on. I, I skipped a bunch of verses right there, but over and over in those books of the Bible, you find Timotheus being a helper, a fellow servant of the apostle Paul. Praise God for the books of First and Second Timothy. He's also in Philemon, also in the book of, of Hebrews. Now, start right here. Praise God for the faithful men and women of the past. Amen. Amen. By the way, let, let's just praise God for the people who have gone before us. Amen. And uh, some, some of their names we won't know. Some of the names we don't even understand. But somehow between the Lord Jesus Christ and 2022, there has been men and women who have been faithful to the word of God, faithful to uh, the gospel, salvation by grace through faith, who have endured hardness, who have been faithful to get the gospel out, who've suffered persecution, who have lived for God, raised their families for God, served the King of kings and Lord of lords, made sure that it wasn't just a gospel meant for them, but it was a gospel for the world who preached the gospel. And year after year after year after after a year, there has been faithful men and women. You read about them in the, in the Bible. Praise God for Paul. Praise God for his stand. Praise God for him being able to, to continue on, though he had hardship, being thrown in prison, still serving the Lord, being shipwrecked, still trusting in God, being persecuted, still going on, taking a step forward. Hey, being uh, stabbed in the back. Demas hath forsaken me, yet not quitting on God and continuing on. And when we look at that, the Apostle Paul lived for God, served God. Praise God for John the Beloved. Praise God for Peter. Though he fell, he got back up and continued to live for the God. He, Peter had a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And praise God, he got up and served the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hey, they stood for salvation by grace through faith. They believed the Bible. They believed in holy living. They believed in crying out to God in prayer. 
prayer. They believed in the importance of a church gathering together. Hey, we need to continue to gather together. You can see them. Hey, we, they, they did it in the past. Paul did it. Peter did it. We need to gather together to encourage one another. We need to hear the preaching of God's word. A group of believers in the past who believed in the importance of getting out the gospel to a lost and dying world. Yeah, that's good. It's wonderful. We read about that in the Bible, the book of Acts. We read about it in the epistles. Praise God for the men and women of the past. We think about the United States of America. Boy, we, uh, the United States of America, a freer country and uh, the freedom, but it didn't necessarily start out uh, free. But there was a battle that went on. But you read about men like Shubal Stearns. Shubal Stearns, oh, Moy, born in 1706 in Boston, Massachusetts, got gloriously saved. Uh, in his 50s, went down to Sandy Creek, North Carolina, and began to give the gospel to a lost and dying world and planting churches. And by the way, the, the beginning of the revolution, the Revolutionary War here in the United States, boy, Baptist churches had begun to spread out. About a thousand Baptist churches had been planted in the last uh, 30 years before the Revolutionary War and were making an impact, an impact on James Madison, an impact on George Washington, an impact on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Praise God for that. Praise God for those churches. Boy, it led to a man named John Leland. John Leland, born in 1754 to 1841, a huge part of our Baptist history, a man that stood firm on the word of God, a man that stood firm on the power of prayer, a man that believed in a church gathering together, a man that believed that the gospel was not just for him, but it was for a lost and dying world. And he took a firm stand on the importance of, of a Baptist church, a, a biblically based church, a church that was based on the word of God. Praise God for men like John Leland, uh, Francis Whalen, born in 1796, died in 1865. Boy, he was a, a preacher that believed in the importance of, of a Baptist church, a, a Bible-believing church that, that stood on the, the fundamentals of the faith, salvation by grace through faith. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. We need to go and tell people about Jesus. We need to not be like the world. We need to be like the Bible tells us, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And wow! Francis Whalen wrote a, uh, so many articles, uh, biblically based articles about the importance of living for God. And by the way, it, it continues on. Uh, John Broadus, 1827 to 1895, he was a Baptist pastor, a Baptist educator who stood firm on salvation by grace through faith. He believed in the uh, power of prayer, the importance of telling people about Jesus. And praise God for Francis Whalen, John Broadus, B.H. Carroll, whoa, born in 1843 and born in a minister's family, became an infidel, but praise God, the, the Holy Spirit, the word of God began to pound his heart. He got gloriously saved. Then he began to live dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, hey, it's my time to stand. It's my time to do something. I believe in holy living. I believe in biblical values. I believe salvation is by grace through faith. It's my time to stand and preach, thus saith the Lord. It's my time to stand firm as they did in the past. Praise God for being. H. Carroll. 
a young man, J. Frank Norris, heard B.H. Carroll say to the Lord, the Bible's the word of God. Prayer works. It's these men taking a stand in their community, in their town. Yes, they had uh, trials and temptations. They had demises. They had Alexander the coppersmith, but they said, it doesn't matter. It's my time to stand. It's my J. Frank Norris. A man influenced heavily by J. Frank Norris in Texas was John R. Rice. John R. Rice started the Galilean Baptist Church in Dallas. And boy, what a church. Uh, believed in the power of telling others about Jesus. Believed in the importance of the Word of God. Believed in the power of prayer. By the way, he wrote a, a book on prayer. Prayer is asking and receiving. Uh, John R. Rife believed in the importance of, of telling the world, the lost and dying world, about the Lord Jesus. And boy, John R. Rife suffered persecution. He had to endure hardness. He had some of his best friends turn their back on him. But he said, it doesn't matter. It's always been that way. God's still on the throne. I'm going to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God for that. Boy, one man that got influenced by John R. Rice was a young preacher named Jack Hiles. Jack Hiles all of a sudden heard about John Arise and soul winning and telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was a young man. John Arise was an old man. And all of a sudden he began to think about, you know, they've done it in the past. There's been John, uh, J. Frank Norris, John R. Rice, B.H. Carroll, Francis Whalen, John. It's my time to stand up for the truths of God's word. It's my time to stand up for the opportunity I have to pray. It's my opportunity now, he was a preacher, to stand up and preach, thus saith the Lord. It's my opportunity to make a difference in my community. It's my opportunity to stand up. This generation live for God. And praise God. I'm thankful for that. Now, that, that, that list is important because it all led to 1994 when I was brought on a bus to a church in Hammond, Indiana, right outside Chicago. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who John R. Rice was. I didn't know who Jack Hiles was. I didn't really know who Apostle Paul was. I didn't know who Timothy was. I had no idea, and I didn't care. But when I got there, they gave me the gospel. I trusted Christ as my Savior. And next thing you know, I was in a Bible-believing church that preached, thus saith the Lord, that was uh, red hot, uh, trying to live for God, tell people about Jesus. Hey, believe in the power of prayer. And I watched this old man in his 60s begin to kick microphones, uh, beg and plead and plead and beg for people to, to live for God, live for God, live for God. And boy, my heart would pound. And I think, boy, you know, he can do it. I don't know if I can. I'm 19 years of age. And I went to church there for a few years, well, for a few months, seven months. Now, uh, the Navy transferred me here to Virginia. I was going to church in Virginia Beach. And, and I remember going to what they called a pastor's school. In 1998, there was a pastor's school in, in Hammond, Indiana, at the church that I, I, I got saved at. I hadn't been there for three years, and some of the guys were saying, hey, we're going to go. You want to go? I was like, well, yeah. And, and I got some time off from the Navy. And I remember we uh, traveled up from, uh, from Virginia Beach at that time to Hammond, Indiana. I had no money. I didn't know where to stay. And so we got there, and there's thousands of people going to this pastor's uh, conference, and we, we slept in uh, the auditorium there in that church in old downtown Hammond, Indiana. And there were young people 
There were old people. There were people that, boy, were excited about the Lord. I remember at midnight, there was a young buck that was with us, and people were so intent about trying to get a good seat so they could hear the preaching of God's word that uh, one young man laid down at this pew right there. An old man came and said, that's my place to sleep. And the young man says, no, I'm sleeping there. And they both got in the fist fights at midnight and punched each other. I remember that. Well, I remember the, the service on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And then I, I remember, boy, it was the grand finale service. I believe it was Thursday night. And I'm telling you, the, the place was packed. Thousands upon thousands of people. I was sitting in the back. I was sitting underneath the balcony. My best friend was standing next to me. And this old preacher, 1998, got up and began to preach a message called A Vote for Preaching. And man, he got up there and he began to say, hey, listen, hey, that generation lived for God. The generation before me lived for God. I've tried the best as I can to live for God, to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, to preach, thus saith the Lord, to remember salvation is by grace through faith, to believe in the power of prayer, to believe in the importance of soul winning. And listen, the power of preaching. Listen, then he began to go, some of you think you can go change the world by making your money. He said, I vote, vote for preaching. Then he said, you need to vote for preaching too. Amen. And I remember my heart was pounding. It was pounding. It was pounding. And you know, at that age, I think I was 22, 23 years of age. I looked at that preacher and I said, yeah, you can, but I know me. I'm a bad sinner. I come from a bad past. I have too many problems too many difficulties. The guy next to me, boy, he, he grew up in a Christian home. He, he could do it. He could make a difference, but not me. Hey, but that person over there, all these preachers, they're different than me. There's no hope for me to be a part of the next generation. And, and I struggled. I was struggled on the inside. And boy, I remember the invitation. Boy, the invitation. And he looked out and he says, come on, come on, come on. Young man, come on. Uh, young married man, come on, vote for preaching, be a part of the next generation. And I, I looked and I watched and people began to go down the aisle and say, I want to be a part of that next generation. And he actually had these batons and he says, take the baton, take it, be a part of the next generation, be a part of the next generation. And I thought about it, I, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of the next generation. I want to be a part of it. Now look at this. What, what does that mean to be a part of the next generation? Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's another generation that is strong, not in themselves, but another generation that is strong in the Lord. Not strong in their popularity, but strong in in the Lord. Not strong in their physical stature, but strong in the Lord. Not strong in the world's opinion of them, but strong in the Lord. Not strong in their pocketbook, but strong in the Lord. Boy, that, that's what we need. We need another generation that is concerned about being strong in the Lord. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. By the way, yes, I'm wound up. Yes, I'm wound up. You know, I realized very quickly, yes, I'm 46, I'm young, but, but listen, I, I'm going to blink, I'm going to be 56, I'm going to blink, I'm going to be 66, and my opportunity to live for God's going to be gone. 
And we need some young folks in here. Boy, you may be five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 or 13 or 20 years of age. Praise God, you're a part of the next generation that needs to stand up and be strong in the Lord. Boy, you know, the day I was talking to Pastor John C. and he was talking about a problem with this generation. It's a generation that's not so concerned about thus saith the Lord or the word of God or power of prayer or soul in it. They're concerned about their podcast, how many likes they get on their podcast or their Facebook page or their TikTok account. And he says, concerning. It's, it's concerning. And it's, a, it's funny in a way. We laugh, but it's not funny. It's not funny because, oh, I'm strong in my TikTok account. I'm strong in my Facebook page likes. I'm strong on my social media account. No, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Number two, look at verse number two there. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, he's telling Timothy, the same commit thou to what? Faithful men. Faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Boy, we need another generation that is faithful. We need another generation that is faithful, faithful, faithful. Boy, moreover, it's required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Faithfulness. Faithfulness in the good times, yes. But faithfulness in the hard times. Faithfulness when people like you, yes. But faithfulness when the people are stabbing you in the back. Faithfulness when everything seems great. You're on a mountaintop. Woo! No, but just faithfulness in the valley also. Faithfulness when you have money. Faithfulness when you don't have money. Faithfulness when people listen to you. Faithfulness when they don't listen to you. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness when you feel good, yes. But faithfulness when you don't feel good. Faithfulness when things are going great. Faithfulness when things are going bad. Faithfulness when God seems to be answering your prayer, but faithful when it seems like he's not answering prayer. Faithfulness when, boy, uh, you have the whole church saying, amen, but faithfulness when the whole church is burning down the building. Faithfulness. It's required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Hey, it's not just for the past generation, not just for the Apostle Paul, not just for Peter, not just for Shubal Stearns, not just for Francis Wayland or uh, John Leland or B.H. Carroll or J. Frank Norris or John R. Rice or Jack Hiles or Matt Nettesheim, but faithfulness for the next generation. Be faithful. Be faithful. That, that, that's powerful right there. Boy, we're so touchy-feely emotional. And by the way, it's crazy. We live in a world that, that creates soft, effeminate men. Effeminate. You're controlled by your emotions, not God. And that, that may be hard, but it's true. Boy, you're carried about with every wind of doctrine. Well, I feel good today, so I'll go to church, but I hope that preacher doesn't hurt my feelings. Get over it. What happened to Psalm 119, 165? A great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Well, we're so wishy-washy. Knock it off. Hey, the next generation needs some men and even women that are not governed by their emotions, but are governed by the word of God. They have a hunger and thirst after righteousness. They're faithful, faithful. Boy, we ought to be faithful to our Sunday school classes. 
Boy, do you realize your Sunday school class is an opportunity of a lifetime? You get to preach and teach the word of God. You, you, you say, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that God has called you, allowed you the privilege of teaching the word of God to boys and girls, to men and to women. And you say, well, what's, it's a big deal. And be faithful to it. Be faithful to it. Be faithful to it. Boy, and praise God for these church plants. Sometimes these church plants have had some days where it's the family and two other people. Brother Chris Faulkner, there's been some days when things have not gone necessarily right, where it's his family and where's everybody else? But you know what he is? He's faithful. He's faithful. He has a good attitude in the good and the difficult times. We need men and women that are faithful. Look at verse three. Thou therefore endure hardness. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure hardness. We need another generation that endures hardness. <laughs> that endures hardness. Oh, I talked to a pastor not long ago. And wow, I've known the pastor for years. And in a conversation, all of a sudden, he, he mentioned some of the things he'd gone through a few years ago. And he said, yeah, you know, I haven't really talked about it in a long time. And I said, you went through what? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I said, well, I knew you back then. I had no idea. He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he said, man, God's good. It wasn't easy. I had to endure, but God's still on the throne. He called me to pastor. I need to stand up and endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Basically what he said, the last generation did. It's my job to do it this generation. The next generation needs to endure Hardness is a good soldier. Boy, another generation that stands up firm on the word of God and doesn't matter if everybody treats them right or not. Who cares? You're, you're, not, you're, you're serving the Lord. You're living for the Lord. You're to love God and love people. And when you love God and you love people, doesn't mean you're always guaranteed to be treated right and that's okay. You endure hardness, endure hardness. Another generation that endures hardness. Then the last one, verse number four. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. It's another generation that doesn't get entangled in the world. Well, that, that, that has a lot to do with this morning's message. Follow me. Hey, praise God. Uh, get out of the rat race. Don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life that you may please him who hath chosen you to be a soldier. Amen. Boy, another generation like the Apostle Paul, another generation like Levi or Matthew the publican, another generation like Peter, another generation like Shubal Stearns. Uh, boy, uh, we go through that. John Broadus and John Leland and B.H. Cohen. I mentioned those. Those guys are in the past. They're in heaven now. Praise God for that. But, but they, they didn't get entangled with this world. It's so easy to get entangled with this world. This world will, will suck you in, eat you up and spit you out and stomp on you. And they don't care about you. Why, why entangle ourselves with the world? Why conform ourselves to the world? Why try to mix with the world? By the way, on this part, it's happened many, many times. I was thinking about big changes. There's a, a great man of God, and uh, many years ago, and have mercy on me, Pastor Smith. If you disagree, you can disagree at your church, and you're here at the old Chesapeake Baptist Church, and you're just going to have to give me a nod, okay? And you know I love you. But, but there was a man in the 19, 
1970s who had a, started a Baptist college. And uh, by the way, he was on fire for God. Fire for God. Saturation, evangelism, believed in getting the gospel out to a community and on fire for God. But as you read into the 1980s, he started this college and his dream, as you read his autobiography, he dreamed of having 30,000 people in his college or university. And there's some big issues that began to change in the 1980s. The Bible issue, the King James Bible, and at that decision he made, it's not a big deal and decided to go with the new King James Bible. And by the way, it, it's not that big of a deal. He would say the version of the Bible is not important. It is. The King James Bible is the word of God. And then another issue came up really quickly there in the 1980s, the music issue. And by the way, the, the people had to take a stand. Do we stand for uh, biblical psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, or do we conform to the world's music? He decided it wasn't that big of a deal to conform to the world's music. And by the way, very popular preacher, a preacher here in Virginia. And that stand that he took began to lead the people that followed him in a different direction. And sure, there's good people who followed him that, boy, uh, God is blessed in some form or fashion, but the end of fruit is a different Christianity than the old Christianity of John R. Rice, uh, J. Frank Norris, of uh, the Apostle Paul, and Peter. And the fruit, you would look at it, I would say it stands wanting. Today, you have the same thing. Well, you have had some people that stood firm on the Word of God, the King James Bible, standards, convictions, holy living, conservative music. And there's a, another big uh, personality in the United States today that many independent Baptists follow. And I won't mention his name. He's on the West Coast. Boy, he's a big personality, has a big college, and boy, he has uh, a lot of books that people will read. And boy, to him, it's not that big of an issue, the music. And you look at his fruit, you look at that, and people begin to follow him. Boy, endure hardness. Don't get entangled with this world. Don't intermingle with the things of this world. Stand firm on the word of God like your dad did, like your pastor did, like your people of the past did. Stand firm on thus hill. Don't get entangled with the world because not only does it take you with you, it takes your son with you, it takes your son's son with you, and the end is not good. It's not good. And this is important. The next generation needs biblical Christianity, standing on the King James Bible, godly music, on soul winning and getting the gospel to lost and dying world, on church planting, on holy living. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. Satan's always attacked that, tried to get people to say, well, you know, don't be so hard. It's not that big of a deal. Next thing you know, it gets them off track. Gets them off track, and it's not good. Many choose not to get entangled. Praise God. Many choose to stand true and right. Praise God. Many choose to stand uh, to live lives holy and acceptable unto God. There's been generation after generation after generation that takes sin. That's who I want to stand with. I want to take the stand with the people in the past who've stood on truth and right, that have endured hardness. I want to stand with Timothy. I want to stand with the Apostle Paul. I want to stand with those men and women of God who endured hardness, didn't get entangled with the world. Now, that, that's really the message. Twenty-three, twenty-two, twenty-three, nineteen ninety-eight. 
We took that trip to Hammond, Indiana. And man, whoo, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people, thousands of people. Boy, that fist fight, <laughs> it was sort of exciting. Midnight, fist fight, Saturday night at the fights or something like that. It was great. It wasn't really great, but it was great. Uh, we got up there and, you know, you had preaching all day long, early in the morning. We got excited about the preaching of the word of God. And all day long, you had different speakers. And the Sunday or the, the Monday night, you'd have a service. And woo! Uh, Tuesday all day long. Uh, went Tuesday night preaching late in the night, normally two preachers that night. Wednesday night preaching all day long and preaching into the Wednesday night. Thursday preaching all day long. Then that Thursday night, there I am, the back of the auditorium, right in the middle, underneath the balcony. Boy, my friend's standing right next to me. The, the sermons, people are, whoo, amen. He gets up and he preaches a sermon about the next generation. Hey, I vote for preaching. We need a, another generation that votes for preaching. The invitation happened. And all of a sudden he began to say, come on, come on. And people began to walk. They recorded that invitation. Do you have it? Turn it up. So tonight, if God's touched you, turn it up to carry the torch. Come up here and take it. God's spoken to your heart. Tonight, you're surrendering your life to preach the gospel. Come right on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't wait. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Here it is. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Say something. Come on. Come on. Come on. Louder. Come on. Come on. Stand up here beside me. Come on up here beside me. Come on up here beside me. Come on. Come on. Who's going to take you? Who's going to carry it? Come and get it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. God's not through yet. Come on. Come on. Here it is. Come and take it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Play the old time religion, Miss Colston. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's it. Come on. I'm Come still on. That's standing it. back there. That's it. That's it. Come on. That's I'm it. Not coming. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on. Who's gonna care? Who's gonna take it? The guy next to me. I want you to do. Won't you get rich? In tears, save America. I remember his face crying Work like your way a baby. Up the ladder you, of, your, of your company. Standing that'll save America. No, sir. He left, Preaching the that'll aisle. save America. Came down. Come on. Hundreds Come on. walked the aisle. Come on. I'll be a part Come of that on. next Where generation. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. I volunteer is what they were saying. I'll be a part of the Come next on. generation of men and women that'll Come carry on. that torch. Here it is. Come and take it. I didn't go. That's it. Come on. I stood there. That's it. Amen. Come on. I can't. That's it. I've got a bad Come past. On. Come on. That's it. I'm not a preacher's son. Come on. I That's can't. I didn't on. have a home like that. Come on. I can't. Come on. Who's going to do it? Because of all these other people that are better than me. Come on. I can't. God's not through There's yet. no Come hope on. for me. Come on. I can't. Come on. We're waiting on I you. Can't. We'll be here all night if we have to. There he is. That's what's going through my mind. I Come can't. On. There he is. Come on. I Come can't. On. There he is. Come on. I didn't say it vocally, but I said it in Come the on. inward. That's right. That's it. I Come can't. 
Come on, I want PH to, boys. yes, but I can't. Come on, young I want to, man. but it's going to be too hard. Come on. I want Come to, but I have too many dreams. I want to, but I got too many desires. Handing it to you. I want to, but I can't. There he comes. Come on. That's right. There he comes. Come on. There he comes. Another one comes. That's right. I'm watching this. I was crying. Come on. There he comes. Come on. I can't. Come on. There he is. There he is. There he is. The men before were better than me. Apostle Paul, Timothy, better than me. John Broadus, better than me. Shubal Stearns, better than me. Come on. The last generation was better than me. The pastor doesn't understand where I'm at right now. I'm in the United States Navy. There's too much sin. There's too much pressure. There's too much problems. There he comes. There he comes. There he comes. I can't. There he comes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who's going to carry it? It's handed down to us. Who's going to take it? You going to make money? Get famous? There he comes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, it's recruitment time. Come on. Recruiting time. The army of Jesus. I didn't go. Come on. I could. Hey, you know who you are. Come on. Come on. Get out of your seat. Come on. You know who you are. Come on. Come on up here. Hey, there he comes. Come on. Come on. You know I just didn't are. believe that I could be a part of that next generation. We're not through yet. Here he is. Who not is? the Come pastor's on. kid. We're not through yet. Come on. I don't have Come the on. education. Come on. Too much sin in my past. Come on. Too many difficulties. Too many problems. It's good for that guy. Not for me. I want to. We're going to wait till you come. Israel, go ahead. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Somewhere about on. right now in the invitation, watching all these people. Who's I begin to say Who's going to take silently it? in a prayer. Come on. Say, God, Come on. I can't. Strike a match to your dream. But God, if you could use me somehow, somehow I'll give you my life. Burn your plans. I'll try to my best to do Come your on. will. There he comes. I'll try my best to live for you. Come on. Come on. I'll probably fail, Lord. I'll Come probably on. follow a hundred times, but I'm going to try, Lord. I'm not going to walk an aisle, but you got my heart, Lord. There he is. Come on. That's it. Come on. That night changed Come my on. life. You're going to wait. Come on. Because still, 2022, I can't. We're going to wait for you. Come on. But God can take a wicked, rotten, vile comes. sinner like me and use me there he is. despite of me. Come on. There he comes. Many of you say, I can't. Come and you're on. right. In reality, you can't. Choir singing. You know that old time. But God can take choir. you. Come on. Change you. Mold you. And use you for his honor there he comes. and his glory. I'd like us to stand. Come on. There he comes. I'd love for that organ and come piano on. to play. And as they come, when they come start on. playing, I'd like you to Amen. turn that off. Amen. But couldn't you come, come this evening? Maybe you're where come you're on. at, wherever. And it's not about coming, but well, couldn't you go to the Lord and just say, God, you black folks do I the surrender myself to you? Next generation needs these young folks. There they come. There they come. To take their life. Not make money. Come on. Huh. Come on. Not have riches and YouTube likes. Who cares? Second choir. But to live a life holy and acceptable unto God. There it comes. Come on. Come on. 
Come on. Come on. Come on. There they come. One, two, three, four, five. Come on.